past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad that you've joined us here today. Always looking to give you information that can help you move forward in your career, take control of your own career direction. And today will be no different as we are thrilled to have with us John Vespasian, who is the author of nine books, and we're going to talk about some of those, but when everything fails, try this, Rationality is the Way to Happiness, Philosophy of Builders, 10 Principles of Rational Living, so some great wisdom that he has shared in his books, and he's joining us today from Europe, so thank you for joining us today, John. Hi, Maria. Thanks for having me on. Yes, definitely. So you have uh, written all of these books and done quite a bit of, of research in the background for them. Tell us a little bit in your research, what have you found is the best method for personal development? Well, by far, um, if you take a look at history and you see the, um, uh, the stories of very successful people or very unsuccessful, uh, you find patterns. Uh, the pattern you find in every successful person is that um, uh, in some way, uh, whether it's uh, socially, uh, intellectually, uh, financially, um, successful people build assets. Uh, the assets can be uh, of many different types. Um, some people are extremely good at building social networks. Uh, they're extrovert. They're very social, um, very um, out- outgoing. Uh, some people are shy, are, are quiet, uh, they're more intellectual, more analytic, and it doesn't really matter. They build capital, they build assets, as you're saying, John, and perhaps those are, I would, I would guess, some kind of creative assets or programs, books, as, as you have. Um, maybe that's the social capital in terms of the network that they build. Sounds like there's a lot of different types of assets that people build who are successful And that helps them be successful, which makes sense. So part of our our challenge, if we want to be successful, if we want to grow our assets, maybe to figure out what type of assets we are propelled to grow, what we're compelled to, to do if we're a creator of things, if we're a creator of content, if we're a creator of social networks, what is it that is our specialty in terms of, of growing our assets? Mine, mine definitely is on that kind of intellectual capital or, or training, continuing on your, on your thought process there in terms of people building assets and, and you're saying that they can be a lot of different types of assets and probably align, an individual wants to figure out what type of assets they're best off creating, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe I can give you some examples uh, from the latest book. Look, uh, one of the stories uh, I present in the book is a story of uh, Alexander von Humboldt. And Humboldt, um, uh, he lived in the 19th century. Uh, the University of Berlin in uh, Germany, one of the biggest uh, European universities, is named after him. And Humboldt um, has a very interesting career uh, because he had a job he didn't like. 
the guy studied um, in Frankfurt University. He was uh, a geologist. Uh, he tried to find an exciting job because he wanted to explore uh, other countries, but he couldn't. Huh? Uh, he made a lot of applications, and eventually he, he uh, ended up as a uh, mining inspector in southern Germany, and he hated his job. Uh, he tried everything possible to find uh, alternatives, but he couldn't. And eventually his, uh, his mother uh, passed away, and he inherited um, an amount of money, which was not huge. It was the, the, the equivalent of uh, you inherit a small house from your parents. And then uh, Humboldt changed his life um, drastically. And he built an amazing career that is a good example for many people. And what did he do with this uh, amount of money? Um, he, uh, he tried to find sponsors uh, to start a company to explore South America. And he pitched uh, his idea to different people uh, in, um, in France, in Spain, in Germany, and he failed. He spent uh, one year uh, going around trying to, to raise money, and eventually he failed. And he decided uh, to do it on his own. So he took his uh, savings, uh, he put them in escrow, and he went to South America very, very inexpensively. And he, uh, he actually walked uh, from Mexico to Argentina. He spent um, uh, almost two years. Uh, going on foot, uh, very inexpensively, taking notes, uh, talking to people, making drawings. And when he came back to Europe, he used the rest of his money to publish his notes, and he published his notes in uh, eight books. And overnight, he became the most famous uh, naturalist in uh, continental Europe. And from his uh, reputation, he built an amazing career. Uh, he became very famous. He became, um, he was able to get uh, very um, uh, important assignments. He was given the, the job to explore Siberia, and he became very wealthy and very successful. And what he did was to turn uh, a very small thing, which was uh, a very small inheritance, well, was a, 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 the value of the house, he turned it into an asset, into a different kind of asset, which was his knowledge. Uh, he created a reputation from scratch. And this is what really um, allows people to, uh, to break through in their careers. They have to build something special, something that uh, their competition doesn't have, uh, whether it's some kind of intellectual asset, some kind of relationship, some kind of uh, knowledge. And this is what really allows people uh, to become uh, exceptional. Okay, good. So the way that we might choose to do that is going to look different for each person, but the idea is that we have to step out, maybe take a risk, and then um, find out what our specialty is going to be in terms of what kind of asset we create. So when we think about that, um, this idea of personal development, a lot of people talk about positive thinking or kind of be it or think it and you can be it and you're a little bit skeptical about that tell me a little bit about why you're so skeptical about um, positive thinking well it's a matter of um, uh, productiveness because uh, if you spend too much time and this is what happens today I mean because positive thinking has become sort of a, a dominant uh, ideology if you spend too much time and too much uh, energy uh, trying to be super enthusiastic, uh, positive, uh, outgoing, um, you might be wasting your time because unless you actually back it up um, by, by having, as I said, some specific assets, some specific skills, some specific plan, um, your energies are going to be wasted. And even worse than that, um, if you are just super positive and you don't know what you're doing, as it happens to many people, 
you might be going in the wrong direction. And since you are so positive, you will just ignore uh, the signs. And let me just give you an example from uh, history. Look, one of the stories I tell in the uh, in the book, in the latest book, is uh, about Giotto, who was uh, a famous uh, painter from the 12th century, 12th, 13th century. And uh, Giotto had the, the typical career uh, of the time because he went through the motions, he was an apprentice, he, uh, he became in the end um, a relatively known painter in his uh, age. But the problem with Giotto is that um, he was uh, very enthusiastic, very innovative. Uh, he created the new type of painting and he got a chance when he was in his 30s actually to evolve uh, from medieval painting to a uh, renaissance. So he was the, the first person actually to paint as we see today um, uh, renaissance painting very colorful, very natural, uh, very emotional. And the problem with this approach that uh, made Giotto um, a key person in the history of art, the problem with this approach is that uh, he was ahead of his time. And if he had continued uh, in that direction, he would have been become um, historically very, um, very well known, but he would have been a failure uh, because he was not in the right market. Uh, he was very enthusiastic, very positive, um, um, very innovative, but sometimes you have to look at reality. And uh, Giotto eventually uh, achieved a very long and successful career because he took a step back and say, I should not be so positive, I should not be so innovative, I should focus on the market. And eventually he stepped back, he recognized that uh, the market he was addressing uh, was very interesting, was very uh, exciting, but uh, it was too small. And in order to address a big market, he had to really become uh, more realistic and to start uh, painting in the style that was demanded by the market, which was a very medieval, very rigid style. And he spent the rest of his career, very long and very successful career, uh, painting in the style of the time. And this is um, a warning for many people not to be uh, too optimistic and too enthusiastic. Just look at the facts, uh, look at the market, and try to build the kind of assets that are in demand. Okay. So there's an opportunity there to watch the market and, and maybe see where it's going and be slightly ahead, but not be so innovative that people aren't on board with what you're doing. Exactly, because um, in these times of, um, of uh, easy uh, internet innovation, uh, it's very easy to get uh, carried away by dreams, uh, but it's not so easy to build the market. And this is why you should try to be maybe a little bit ahead of the market, but uh, don't try to do things that are too outrageous, because you might be, um, uh, become a clown, but in the end, uh, you, you will not get anywhere. Yeah, and that... Um opportunity to innovate only exists where it's adding value for the market. If you're just innovating for the sake of innovation, um, it may be fun, but you're not necessarily going to add any value for yourself or really through the market because just enough ahead that they can perhaps adopt what you're looking to do for value, but not so far ahead that they're, they're not even going to get value out of what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the other aspects uh, you find in successful people um, is that they have sufficient patience uh, to, um, to, to wait for the right opportunity. And this is something that uh, in these times of uh, very short-term uh, orientation where people are super 
uh, focus on the on the next week or on the next day or on the statistics of their uh, social media, uh, you don't realize that uh, building some kind of skills and some kind of assets sometimes it can take uh, years. Uh, if you are learning a, a second language, for instance, which is a, a substantial investment, uh, it's going to take you easily uh, three, four, five years. And um, you have to realize that uh, most people are going to live uh, 90 years or nowadays even, even longer. If you want to build uh, a, a very successful, a very um, a challenging career in the sense that it's very interesting, uh, you have to invest in some kind of long-term uh, development. And uh, you have to look ahead, you have to look beyond the day, beyond the week, uh, in order to build these kind of assets. Yes, good. Well, that's something we talk about a lot in this show is building those skills and looking ahead to what skills might be necessary and and continuing to learn and grow all the time. So that's we're definitely there with you. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking with John about how you can grow your, your personal development and maybe some counterintuitive ideas that will help you get there. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are talking with John Pespusian about really life and, and how you can develop your life and what successful life looks like and how people get there. So, John, you have a very interesting background. And of course, you've told us a few historical stories already, which is is seems to be your 
mode of operation here that you look at history, you're seeing how people have been successful and, and what has kept them from being successful and putting those pieces together. So I'm curious, coming again from your research, what's the number one reason that people get stuck? Uh, I said the number one reason is that uh, people become hypersensitive. Uh, it's a psychological uh, fashion nowadays to be uh, hypersensitive and to become super uh, irritated uh, when someone says or does something you don't like. Uh, we live in the age of uh, political correctness where people are super sensitive to some words, to some gestures, uh, to some attitudes. And if you want to get uh, stuck in your career, this is the perfect way. Um, people who are hypersensitive um, grow depressed very easily. They become super anxious. Uh, they cannot sleep. Uh, they get uh, fits of anger uh, at very inappropriate moments. And it's really a way to destroy your life. And one of the, um, the stories I present in the latest book is, uh, is the story of uh, Dante Gabriel Rossetti. He was a, a very talented uh, painter and poet in, um, in England in the 19th century. And Rossetti, well, I mean, in my opinion, he was actually a genius. He was one of the great uh, innovators in painting in the 19th century. The problem with Rossetti is that he was hypersensitive. Uh, he got some bad reviews uh, in newspapers. Um, instead of trying to work harder, to trying to become a little bit uh, more self-confident, uh, he took it to heart. He started to drink. He became an alcoholic. Um, he became withdrawn. He didn't want to go out of home. Um, basically, he, uh, he just uh, gave up, and it's a pity because he, he had really a great talent, but uh, he was hypersensitive. Uh, he could not really cope uh, with the normal uh, criticism, the normal um, uh, discussions you have in any kind of uh, career, in any kind of commercial environment, and eventually he destroyed his life. He died uh, in his early 50s. He completely wasted uh, life uh, for someone who was a genius. But nowadays, you see so many people uh, become completely depressed, completely anxious uh, about what someone said, what, uh, what didn't happen, what should have happened. You have to get over that. Um, um, if you develop any kind of uh, commercial career, any kind of business career, uh, you have to become uh, well-balanced. Uh, you have to get over these little discussions because otherwise you will not be able to sleep. Uh, you will become uh, super stressed and your health uh, will deteriorate. So uh, stay away from any kind of uh, hypersensitivity because it's, um, even if it's fashionable, uh, it's very stupid, it's very counterproductive, and uh, it will not do you any good. Okay, so my guess is that's one of the things that you would recommend for someone who's overstressed to reduce their stress. What else do you recommend for someone who feels overstressed or feels like perhaps they're on the verge or, or in that hypersensitive state? Yeah, in my research, uh, I found only one uh, solution for that. Um, in the short term, uh, there are many things you can do. You can change uh, your um, patterns of sleep, uh, you can do yoga, meditation. These things will help uh, to a certain extent, but uh, not in the long term. Because uh, if you do yoga, for instance, uh, you, I mean, you could do one hour a day of meditation. And during this hour, maybe a little bit longer, you will be uh, relaxed. But very soon, you will go back to normal, to the high stress level, because it's very, very short term. You want to get uh, lower levels of stress um, forever, I would say, for, for the rest of your life. 
the only thing that really works is uh, integration. You have to integrate uh, every aspect of your life so that there are no contradictions. Um, there is balance in your different activities. And this takes a lot of work because nobody wants to give up anything. Nobody wants to stop uh, chasing uh, rabbits in different directions because human beings, I mean, we like uh, so much uh, to chase different rabbits and to chase different uh, ideas. We like excitement, excitement and innovation. But if you want to have a, a tolerable level of stress, you have to integrate uh, the different aspects of your life. You have to integrate your career with your private life, with your lifestyle. Uh, this is the only way to live, I would say, many years uh, to stay uh, in good health and to avoid uh, the, the stupid uh, nervous breakdowns. Uh, people subject themselves uh, to really completely useless uh, levels of stress uh, because they just want to do too many things and they want to, to incur in contradictions. If you want to have a lower level of stress, you need to integrate your life. This is the only thing that works in the long term. Okay. So when people are, are doing that, um, maybe what's one of the first steps they take to reduce that stress or to, to start that integration? And what lessons have you learned that you might share that will help people move in that direction? Yeah, you have to take a step back and look at the, at the big picture. And when I, I say big picture, I don't mean uh, this, this uh, week or this year. Uh, you have to try to look at the big picture of your life. Uh, if you are in your 20s or 30s, I mean, you have still maybe five, six, seven decades ahead of you. And the way to make uh, the right uh, decisions in terms of balance, in, in terms of integration, is say, okay, what do I want to get after these uh, 50, 60, 70 years I have ahead of, of, of me? Because uh, unless you take this, this uh, perspective of a lifetime, uh, inevitably you will become very short-term oriented and you will incur in contradictions. Uh, the only way to make sure that uh, you are polishing the whole thing at the, at the ends and you are really getting the whole pieces together uh, is to have this long-term orientation, which is so counterintuitive because human beings, uh, we, we have problems thinking in, in terms of decades. You have to really take this approach uh, because when you make uh, important decisions like what kind of career you want to develop, where you want to live, um, this is really something you should think, uh, think out uh, through uh, carefully and make a very logical decision. Because mistakes of this sort, uh, they are very expensive and they take uh, many years to correct. Okay, so taking that long-term orientation, thinking, thinking more bigger picture in our in our lives, and looking at how all the pieces integrate across that long term, instead of perhaps being focused right on the right now, which may make things that may make things look urgent that that aren't. So that's good. Um, the last piece here, and I was just kind of fascinated by this, your book. The last book you wrote is Un Unbecoming Unbreakable. Can a person really become unbreakable? Um, to, a, to a great extent, uh, you can. Um, of course, you will not survive. Nobody survives um, uh, really nasty accidents. Um, but you can become very strong, very uh, safe in your career and your approach. Um, if you develop... Um, the attitudes and the habits 
uh, that reinforce your strengths. Uh, this is something uh, that requires a lot of discipline. Uh, the examples I present in the book, uh, they show people uh, going through very difficult situations, uh, surviving. Um, it takes a lot of uh, effort to, to build uh, these habits. Uh, sometimes it takes decades uh, to become, for instance, one habit that is um, uh, you see in every successful person, I would say, is that they are very proactive. Uh, they don't wait uh, for things to happen. Uh, even if they don't have the perfect plan, they will immediately start uh, doing something. Uh, they will start looking, they will start doing research, uh, they will start talking to people. Uh, even if they just have no idea what to do, they will just uh, sit down and start uh, writing some ideas on a piece of paper. They are proactive. And being proactive uh, is a habit uh, that will help you um, uh, in, the, in your whole life. But it's not uh, self-evident. Uh, most people nowadays, uh, they have the tendency to spend uh, more time uh, watching TV or playing video games or doing some kind of uh, spectator sports. Uh, and those are exactly the opposite of being proactive. To be proactive is a, is a lifetime attitude. It goes beyond your career. Uh, it goes beyond, beyond your relationships. Uh, it affects your health. It affects uh, every aspect of your life. You have to be proactive um, if you really want to live uh, long, if you want to have a successful career. I've looked at uh, dozens and dozens, uh, I would say hundreds of examples on in history. Uh, you will not find, I think, any, simple, any, any single example of someone who was uh, very successful, very happy, um, uh, that didn't have this particular uh, quality in his character. So that proactive piece, what what does that look like? Just briefly, what does that what does being proactive look like in your mind? Well, let me give you an example from uh, history. Look, um, one of the most uh, venerated uh, saints uh, in Europe and also in the United States is uh, Saint Anthony, Saint Anthony of Padua, who lived in the 13th century. Uh, Saint Anthony is the for me is the, the perfect example of uh, proactiveness because. Uh, the guy was uh, from a very uh, modest family. Uh, he didn't have any political connections, any, any personal connections. He was really uh, destined uh, to mediocrity. Uh, his parents could not uh, even feed him, so they put him in a monastery because they could not pay for his, for his education. And Anthony uh, was very bored. He didn't like uh, to be a monk. He didn't like uh, life in a monastery. He was in desperation. Uh, he was, uh, on the other hand, very proactive. So he thought, okay, what can I do uh, to overcome this situation? Because he could not really escape. So he would go to the library of the monastery and he would read the, the few books he could find there. He would just spend his time reading. And eventually he got a break when um, there were some visitors to his monastery. He was in, in Portugal. And one um, uh, Saturday, he asked some visitors from a Franciscan order where they came to preach. And um, they just uh, addressed the monks, and they were very well-spoken, very eloquent. And Anthony said, wow, I would like to do that. So immediately he talked to them, and he joined uh, their order. He became a Franciscan, and he moved to another monastery. And again, uh, he became, after a few months, very dissatisfied. He found it very boring. He wanted to do something else. He wanted to go to Africa. He wanted to, uh, to preach in Africa. So he prepared for that. He read a lot of, uh, of books that were available in a bigger library. Eventually, he went to Africa, and it was a disaster. Uh, he, had, uh, he got fevers. 
Uh, then he returned to Europe. He got uh, into a, a, um, uh, a shipwreck. Uh, he almost died. Uh, he was very sick when he recovered, um, when he got, got to, to Europe. And by the time he was in his, um, in his 20s, uh, mid-20s, uh, he was uh, a complete failure. He could not uh, find a way to develop his career. He had, um, he had been now in, in a different country. He was in Italy. He could not speak the language. So he thought uh, he was going to fail. But again, he was very proactive. And uh, eventually he got a break uh, when uh, one of the priests in the, in the monastery was sick. And they have to preach for Sunday. And nobody wanted to do it because it was very embarrassing. They were unprepared. And Anthony said, okay, I can do it. Uh, since he was a foreigner, he was a Portuguese, and they said, okay, let him uh, make a preach. Maybe we'll talk for 10 minutes. And the guy just got up and he made a, an amazing speech for two hours. And this was his break. Uh, he became uh, so well known thanks to that uh, impromptu speech that uh, even the, uh, the head of the Franciscan Order, St. Francis, went to see him and said, would you like to go to Bologna? And little by little, St. Anthony developed an amazing career as a public speaker. Uh, he went to France, he went to, uh, to the north of Italy, and just thanks to his uh, proactiveness, because the guy just wouldn't stop. He always would be looking for a new opportunity to develop his talents. Uh, he got a break in his career because he was very proactive. Otherwise, uh, you would have never heard of St. Anthony because he would have been completely unknown, completely uh, mediocre. It is just that the guy, he wouldn't stop. He would go from one place to the other until he eventually got a break. And this kind of proactiveness uh, you find in all walks of life is the key uh, to getting a break because you are just going to be trying out uh, different opportunities. Wow, what a great story. Well, John, we are done with our time together today, but I want to give you just a few minutes or a minute to share with people how they can connect with you. How can they connect with you, follow you, find your books? I'm very, very easy to find because my, my name is very unusual. So if you type uh, John Vespasian on Google, even if you type it incorrectly, it doesn't matter because Google will correct you. You will find my books. Uh, there, is, uh, there is a blog with hundreds of uh, free articles. There is a free newsletter. Uh, just type uh, John Vespasian on Google and you will find everything in a second. Wonderful, John. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Listeners, don't go anywhere. We'll be coming back. I'll be, I'll be coming back to kind of unpack some of this, but we'll say goodbye to John. And thank you so much, John, for your time and, and sharing all of your great stories with us. Many thanks, uh, Mary. It has been a pleasure to talk to you. Wonderful. We'll be right back here on The Career Confidant. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you tapped your full potential as a leader? Sometimes you have to go a little deeper and connect with your inner force. Join host Angela King as she invites you to discover something that already lies within you and helps you become a better leader. Your most important connection is the one you have with yourself. It's time to connect, ignite, and rise. It's time for Inner Force. Tune in live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we've been talking with John Vespasian. And, um, you know, he said he does have a unique name, and you can find him and his books fairly easily if you Google him. Let me spell that for you if you're still looking for it. It's V-E-S-P-A-S-I-A-N. So Vespasian. And he has authored nine books. Very interesting um, for those of you who are into history, especially because as you listen to his him tell his stories, a lot of where he's referencing as he comes up with his content and his ideas, his concepts, is in into history and looking at stories of people who have been successful and how they've been successful. So fascinating ways that he's connecting the dots between what makes people successful and how they've demonstrated that in the past. So we started out by talking about finding something that you can build, assets that that you can build. And he said, you know, people who have been successful in the past built some kind of, of asset, built some kind of pattern in their life in terms of the the assets that they were offering to others or the assets that they're building for themselves in their life. And, you know, a lot of times when we hear that word, we think of wealth in, in terms of money. And, of course, um, successful people may have gathered that wealth, but successful people may have, have something else that they've gathered as an asset as well. So he talked about, you know, some people are really good at building those social networks and perhaps they've put together a, a, a big social network that I would call your social capital and those those people 
really help get you through things, help you find opportunities, help you take advantage of opportunities, help you be successful in those opportunities. Other people may build some kind of wealth in terms of experience and the places they've traveled, the things they've done are stand out from others. And he was telling the story about the the uh, artists and painters that of course are building some kind of actual tangible thing and and tangible asset but they're also building some of that intellectual capital in terms of how they paint and what they do that might be different than others or add value in a different way than than other people and we all kind of have our niche there in in some way i would say that you're going to have your way of of building assets, building value that's going to fit with your personality and your interests and your creativity, uh, how you do creativity. I always think it's funny, you know, people say you're either creative or you're not, and that's usually not my experience. It's just that people are creative in different ways and maybe a way that isn't recognized in the kind of popular definition of, of creativity, but is indeed their own unique way of doing whatever it is that, that they do. So that's maybe our first challenge. And people talk about it in terms of strengths and the, you know, kind of coaching world. We might talk about your strengths, your personality, your, uh, you know, what is it that you want to do? And then matching that up with the need of your market. Because, of course, as John's second point was that we can't really be successful if we're not in reality, <laughs> uh, which I think is a, it's a fine balance between, yes, we have to be thinking ahead and, and looking at the market and what it might need or what it's growing into. And we have to be optimistic enough to think we can try things, but we can't live in in a in a land where we're not paying attention at all to to what the market needs. And that might not necessarily be quote unquote reality, but it's thinking about what does that market need and what can I do to bring my gifts to that need? And I think there's a quote by, Will Smith, of all people, that talks about that if you're realistic, you can't be successful because you're not um, kind of reaching for the stars. And yet there's a balance there between that being true and taking risks to do that and um, being so out of touch that perhaps we end up on a totally different solar system where nobody else is and it and it doesn't matter that we reached for the stars because we're kind of hanging out there by ourselves so as john talked you know i think there's some happy medium between empty positive thinking and yes being optimistic and confident enough to take the risks and meet the market ahead meet meet the market where it's going to be not being that follower or the person who's always trailing behind Um, and there is some risk that maybe pays off but there is some risk that often doesn't when you are that person way out ahead and way ahead of the market need there can be you can get lucky and maybe you're on the right track 
but you also don't always end up being that that successful person. So there's a, a challenge point there, a uh, a difficult place to navigate, perhaps for all of us in terms of looking long term and staying ahead. But then also very wisely, as John said, having the patience to wait for the right opportunity to make that happen. So not pushing too fast or too far to be too far ahead of the opportunity that it doesn't work. It doesn't click. It it doesn't fit. It doesn't make sense to anybody else. We've got to be just enough ahead that when that opportunity comes, we recognize it and have the resilience is the word I would use to to be able to to take advantage of that opportunity. So then we talked a little bit about what makes people stuck. And, and he talked about this hypersensitivity, which pretty much is not being able to deal with criticism, not being able to deal with failure and I think we see that in our everyday lives, perhaps not necessarily on the political correctness side that that he was talking about. I think sometimes that's not necessarily this, that's something else, whole different conversation. But we see this in our lives when we become too sensitive to failure, to criticism, where we can't take that and do something with it, take it and make it into something, take it and use it constructively to help us move forward, where we get to that point where every time we get that negative feedback, we just feel more and more downtrodden. And today, of course, there's a lot of talk and research and um, conversation and book writing about resilience. And this plays into here for me because it's you're going to get that negative input. You're going to get negative feedback. You're going to get failure. Um, If you're taking any kind of risk, which is where our conversation has kind of centered the whole time, is that you're going to be taking these risks. When you do that, you're going to meet negative forces from other people, from just the experiences that don't work out. And how are you able to deal with that? How are you able to move past that? How are you able to cope with those criticisms and and failures and perhaps even use them to your benefit? And you can't do that if you're in that state uh, of hypersensitivity, um, not being able to adapt and take that information and do something different with it, but of feeling trodden down every time something happens. And this happens to people in all different walks of life. I see job seekers struggling with this, of course, because of the num- amount of, of failure that you face and the amount of rejection that you face. We see leaders deal with it when they've getting negative feedback from above or below and not able to, to make it and use it to, to improve or they're, they're failing and start lashing out at others maybe because of it. So we see this in all different aspects of our career where when we've gotten to the place where we can't deal with the impacts, the the negatives, we become ineffective. And there's a very good recognition by John of, of what does happen, I think, for different reasons, different people. Um, 
and not necessarily always what people are, are saying. Maybe it's criticism, but there's other pieces that can come into playing up our hypersensitivity. And sometimes that short-term focus can create that feeling of hypersensitivity as well because it's, you know, nothing ever works out, but we're really just looking at the near past and near future, not at the long-term and and perhaps even where we've been in the past because very few of us would really have nothing that that worked out when we take that long-term view. So John had some very specific suggestions of what we can do to move past that hypersensitive state and combine those with some of the key pieces around resilience when we get back and talk about how you can get out of that state if you feel like you're there or on your way there. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about how you can kind of use lessons from history to 
think differently about how you create a successful life. So we've been talking about figuring out what your asset is going to be. What type of asset are are you going to create or, or assets might you create to build a successful life? We've been talking about the the long-term investments that go into building the skills so that you can be able to take advantage of opportunities when they come about and and be able to take advantage of the right opportunities and wait for those. And then we've been talking a little bit about this idea of what gets in our way is when we become hypersensitive and no longer have the confidence to take the risks or no longer have the ability to to take criticism, to take failure and do something proactive, positive with it. So how do we combat that? How can we kind of grow our confidence? As John talked about, there's some more tactical things that we might do in terms of getting sleep, eating well, yoga, meditation, and and those are all good. They help and they kind of work you in the right direction. But then he also talked about this idea of integrating your life so that there aren't contradictions and there isn't as much tension. And although he didn't say it specifically, based on what he was talking about, he also was hinting at the fact that we, in that process, have to decide what we're going to give up, that we aren't going to be able to do everything that we want to do, to chase every idea that we want to chase, and that we may have a long-term approach to this that then helps us manage those opportunities. So instead of feeling like we have to run after every opportunity, if we have that long-term approach, that long-term vision, we can say, okay, this is what fits right now. And I'm going to be looking for the time when I move into that, the next thing that is important in moving me forward. I, I know what that looks like. I know what some of those opportunities are, but I'm not going to feel the tension and, and feel like I have to do it all right now because I have that opportunity to look bigger picture and see where this might fit in later in, in life or later down the road. Um, that long-term a- approach is hard for a lot of us, right? We're used to worrying about what's urgent and, and getting things done now and thinking that if we don't get something done, done now, it's not good or it doesn't, it's not going to work out. And so that pattern of, of how we do our life is what he's talking about shifting And although he said the word balance, he's really not talking about balance. He's talking about figuring out how to integrate it all in together. And this is something that we each have to do on our own. We're each going to do it differently. It's going to look different for different people. And, um, you know, people often say, oh, Marie, you know, you work all the time. And I said, no, you know, I work when and where I want to. And sometimes I work in places where people wouldn't think I should, but that's their own judgment. For instance, I was in Spain with my family, and you know, a lot of people would say, oh, you should shut that down, not do any work while you're there, and then really enjoy your family. 
but that doesn't work for me for many reasons. One is that I like to have something intellectually stimulating. Um, my husband sleeps in and I don't like absolutely really just physically can't more than a few days and feel like, oh, yeah, I had vacation. Um, I like to be able to get up and do something that's intellectually stimulating. And I also like to be able to keep this low level activity in my business so that then when I come back, the activity is still manageable versus feeling like if I shut it off, then I come back and I kind of have to do that catch up piece. So that's my integration. And and you might think of it, whatever you want to think of it, but that's what works for me. And we each have to find that for ourselves. How does work, life, family, uh, fun, how does that all integrate together for us? And figure out what works for you. If you're still stressed, it's not working, right? If you're still experiencing a high level of stress, it's not working. Look at it again and figure out how you want to move those pieces together to make a better fit. And that's really what this, what I took from from what John was saying, is that it's up to us to take this long-term stance to look at the bigger picture and, and to figure out how we want to integrate our, our life together. And that by doing that, by looking at it that way, and by looking at how we are going to be proactive, consistently proactive, which of course you know I love if you've listened to this show at all, and he started to dive in how proactivity was um, one of the key consistencies in, in a successful life you could hear me cheering that that's what we're here for. That's why we do this show is to help you be proactive in your career and not wait until you're despondent, not wait until your employer's uh, um, laying you off, but to think as consistently and proactively as possible about how you're going to manage your career. And then you can manage it, right? Then you get to have the ways to find the opportunities to do the pieces that you want to do because you are proactively managing it. Otherwise, it's happening to you, and that's really not a good long-term success tactic for most of us. Some people get lucky, and if you want to hold out that you'll be one of those lucky people that things happen to, I, I guess you go right ahead. For the rest of you, I hope that you'll take the opportunity to be proactive and to think about how you might take some of John's stories and especially his story about St. Anthony, wonderful, um, continuing searching and seeking and and pushing in a good way to find opportunities for himself that fit what he wanted to do, that fit how he wanted to serve the world. What a great story. We'll be right back here again next week on The Career Confidant, and we look forward to seeing you. In the meantime, if you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant, Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.